Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back, TFA fam. We're here for week four starts and sit episode. I'm Akash. You can find me on Twitter at YZR underscore fantasy. And I'm Christian. You can find me on Twitter at Evil Empire FF. Let's get right into it. Some start sit decisions you might have so that we can win you your week four. Washington at Atlanta. Washington has the 15th highest implied total. Atlanta the 19th. So middle of the pack scoring. You starting Terry McLaurin, obviously, against this terrible defense. Starting Antonio Gibson, who's seeing the vast majority of opportunities. J.D. McKissick is a flex play in PPR, and you want to bench Heineke, who has not played well outside of his Thursday night football game against the Giants over on the Falcons side. You want to start Calvin Ridley. You probably start Kyle Pitts, since you might not have other tight end options. And you still want to start Mike Davis because he's seeing the majority of the rushing opportunities and he's still getting work in the passing game, but Cordero Patterson's also getting work in the receiving game. So he is a desperate start. If you need to start an RB two, or if you need a flex play, because in this game where the Falcons could easily be catching up, you're going to see a lot. You could see a bit more passing, more game scripts that favor checkdowns to Patterson. And you want to bench Matt Ryan. He's, not playing very well, and he's very low air yards per attempt, which means he's not throwing far, and he's not throwing well. And he's a guy that you want to mention this matchup against a good defensive line and good defense. Yeah, I'm with you. I want nothing to do with the quarterbacks in this game. They're they're, they're both just gross as far as fantasy goes for this week. I'm um, firing up the studs, you know, McLaurin, Gibson, Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts. But where I disagree a little bit is I just do not feel comfortable rolling out a Falcons running back um, in my starting lineup. If, if I had to put Davis or Patterson in a flex, if I've had some injury problems, I'm cool with that. But I by no means feel confident starting either of these guys right now for Atlanta. So let's go ahead and move into that Houston and Buffalo game. And this is the, the biggest discrepancy we see this week, Gosh. And I think I saw you on Twitter earlier talking about the spread on this game. I mean, was it 16 and a half is the spread yeah, on this game? absolutely insane houston is a 32nd highest implied total with buffalo all the way in first yeah yeah that's nuts like that is a total you don't see often um in an nfl game you know i'm a college guy that's a spread i see all the time but in the nfl 16 and a half that's one you definitely got to double take um in this game you're obviously firing up the bills uh josh allen stefan diggs uh cole beasley Manuel sanders the running backs i'll let you talk on them a little bit i'm a little iffy on the bills running backs uh, for Houston, obviously, there's Brandon Cooks, and there's no one else on the team that we care about now or any point this season, uh, quite frankly. But Akash, what do you think about the the Buffalo running backs? How are we approaching them this week? So it's really been a 50-50 split after Moss was the healthy scratch in week one. I'm not sure why, but they brought him back, and he got a decent role in week two and three. It's pretty much been 50-50 with the touches and the receiving work. So Singletary is not the uh, main receiving back there anymore. They're both seeing 50-50 re- uh, receiving work and rushing work. And so it's really just a part of having an offense that's expected to score a lot. These guys could fall into the end zone. They have done so a couple times this season. And maybe they see a few checkdowns as well just to get them into low RB2 conversations. So if you need a desperate flex or a desperate RB2, 
they're guys that you can feel decent about starting because they have a good matchup and hopefully they fall into an end zone and what I expect and what Vegas expects uh, a game where the Bills score a lot. So let's go over to Detroit and Chicago. So Detroit, the 27th highest implied total against Chicago, the 20th. So Chicago should win this game in a pretty low-scoring affair. I'm going to fire up DeAndre Swift, uh, TJ Hawkinson for the Lions, uh, David Montgomery for the Bears. I feel like those are the obvious ones. And I just can't bench Allen Robinson yet. You know, yeah. I, I don't know what's going on at this point, but he's not a guy that I can take yeah. out of my lineup yet. His career is just too much uh, to, mm -hmm. to, to be panicking over three games. I mean, this guy has proven – that he's elite no matter who's throwing in the ball. So I'm going to give him a pass on the start of the season, and I'm still going to fire up A-Rob. But, yeah, I want nothing to do with with Justin Fields or, or Jared Goff this week. You know, Jamal Williams could be a flex option, but, you know, I'm benching Darnell Mooney, anybody else, a Swift, Hawk, Monty, and A-Rob for me in this game. How about you? Yeah, if you're benching Allen Robinson, he's still seeing the targets. It's just that the offense has been bad, and they haven't been moving the football, which leads, leads to less opportunities, less scoring, obviously. But, Allen Robinson, he's still been earning targets. He's still a good player. We're not going to throw out six years of him being a good player for three weeks of him not doing well. So if you bench Allen Robinson in an absolute gift of a matchup against the Detroit Lions, you should stop playing fantasy football, basically. So go ahead, you fire him up. He'll, he'll still see a good target share. Monty, even in his bad offense, still seeing a lot of the opportunities at running back. But you should really just go ahead and bench everyone else. Maybe even after Justin Fields' horrible, horrible start last week, would you consider him if he starts as a Konami Code QB in a, what seems to be an easy matchup? Would you consider him? I would consider him. It depends who my options are. Mm -hmm. uh, last week, I started him over Ben Roethlisberger in a league, and, and, and it bit me. I, I think he, Ben outscored him by 18 or so. So, you know, I was excited to get him in there. Um, you know, the matchup last week wasn't as good as this matchup, but again, I thought over a guy like Ben, he would be a good option and he wasn't. So maybe it's just that he burned me, but the Detroit line, uh, matchup is juicy. If I don't have people that are substantially better, I wouldn't be feeling right. too bad about firing up fields against that defense. Carolina at Dallas game. Carolina has the 20th highest implied total at Dallas, the six. So it's expected that Carolina, even though they're three and oh, well, red hot with Sam Darnold, they're expected. Carolina's going to lose. No. Yeah, they're expected to. I mean, Dallas has that insane offense, and they've been playing really pretty. They've been playing surprisingly well on defense. So, you want to start DJ Moore. He's the alpha there. He's seen 30% target shares back to back weeks. He's a guy that you don't want to miss out on having in your lineup. And then Chuba Hubbard in what's a decent matchup. And when McCaffrey went down, he saw the vast majority of snaps over Royce Freeman, and he saw a 50% target share. Uh, so that's good. They're really putting him in the, like, sort of what Mike Davis was last year when McCaffrey missed time. These guys aren't uh, as good as pass catchers as uh, McCaffrey, but they're really just in the system where they throw to running backs just a bit more because the system was built around, built with McCaffrey in mind. So he'll see a good, uh, good floor from his receiving, but you want to maybe not start Sam Darnold in this one because I'm still iffy on him being a good quarterback after three years of being a bad quarterback in new york i really want to see more from him before i start him in fantasy and dallas has played well in the last few games so it's really something i want to wait and see on and you want to bench robbie and terrace marshall because they're really not doing much with dj moore taking all the targets right now yeah so i pretty much agree there i, I think i'm a little higher on darnold than you are like i mean the, the start's obviously been good um, I liked him a little more than most coming to Carolina with a better situation. I mean, I, I gave him the Adam, the Adam Gase pass, and so far he's looking like he, you know, is a decent player. 
Uh, for me, though, last week I really saw Terrace Marshall overtake Robbie Anderson as the number two receiver there. I mean, I'm sure you have the, the target numbers you could throw at me if I'm wrong, but it seemed like Terrace Marshall was av- absolutely the number two guy there. And in a game where Carolina should be trailing, I, I think I'd be okay flexing Terrace Marshall if, if you needed to as a desperate start. Um, and again, I'd put Sam Darnold right there in that, you know, Justin Fields area to where, it, you know, in the right situation, I'd be okay firing him up. You know, obviously we're not going to bench any of the studs on Dallas. But again, Carolina just freed up a little bit of those targets as well, moving Dan Arnold to Jacksonville. And one other thing I want to point out in this game, and I'm not a defensive guy, so I don't know if he shadows or what, but Dallas's corner, Trevon Diggs, is looking like he's becoming a superstar. I don't know if he'll be shadowing more or what, but I think Terrace Marshall is going to see some some opportunity in this game this week. For Marshall, I want to see the target share be there before I consider starting him. I think you could easily find three receivers better than him, or if you're rank, if you're doing rankings, you can find 36 receivers better than him. But for a desperate start, if you're if you really legitimately have no options, I've seen worse starting options. We know he's a talented player; he just needs to get there. But on the Dallas side, made really it's re- pretty easy to say who you're going to start. It's Dak Prescott, Mari Cooper, C.D. Lamb. Ezekiel Elliott, you're going to start. And then Tony Pollard, he's getting some of the rushing work, getting some of the receiving work. So he's a guy that maybe he's a desperate start for you. And then Dalton Schultz, he had the good game last week. He was decent in week one, so he's more of a desperate play. But I really think him and Blake Jarwin are going to alternate who's the best tight end there throughout the season. It's going to be annoying for fantasy because if you have just one tight end be there, then they'll probably be usable for fantasy. But it's really probably a guessing game between Schultz and Jarwin. Yeah, I don't want to play that game. Schultz is a guy I've traded in Dynasty a lot this week off yeah. that good game. And, you know, yeah. if it was just one of them, I'd be all over either of them. But with, with both of them there, I'll pass yep. on the tight ends. So let's look at Indianapolis and Miami. Another game that's not really exciting for fantasy. Pretty low implied point totals here. 26th for Indy, 22nd for Miami. So another one that should be a, a defensive game. In this game, I mean, you're still going to fire up Jonathan Taylor. It's hard to ignore what Naheem Hines has done so far. I mean, he's a guy that you pretty much got to start each week at this point as well. Michael Pittman, I really think, has played pretty well after that that week one start. So I'm okay at least you know flexing him, if not at a wide receiver two three. Carson Wentz is gross. I mean, I just can't start Carson Wentz each week. But you know, those are the couple guys on Indy to get me excited on, on Miami. Miami's a team I struggle with. Like, I, I'm not a Miles Gaskin guy. I was one of those that was saying Salvin Ahmed was pretty much the same guy. Are we sure that? that Gaskin's really going to get this workload. Then we see Malcolm Brown start. We see Malcolm Brown get in the end zone. I just don't know what to think about that backfield. And I don't really know what to think about the receiving corps either. I mean, Waddle's flashed a little bit, but, you know, Fuller's back. There's Gesicki. Like, it's just a mess to me. So can you help clear up Miami for me a little bit, Akash? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So Gaskin, he has a good, safe, weekly receiving floor. And he's seeing the majority of running back opportunities around 65, which is what you want to see. Like a 65% opportunity share puts you around 15th in the league. And so for Gaskin, he has the rushing work. He has the receiving work. If he falls into the end zone, that's a solid performance. Ackman didn't even touch the ball last game, I believe. Malcolm Brown had one breakaway run, but I believe he had less than five carries or something. They're really non-factors. So Gaskin's the guy there. And then for Waddle and Fuller, Fuller showed up on the injury report, which I hate to see because I love him, but his role, he had a, an dot of around 20. So he's really seeing a bunch of deep targets. It's more like 2019 Will Fuller than 2020 Will Fuller. So I'm not comfortable definitely plugging him into the lineup all the time because he's going to see valuable targets, but it's going to be harder to convert, especially with bad QB play. Whereas Waddle played pretty much the opposite role, where he just saw a bunch of check downs, a lot of short passes. And so 
that's the role that if he's in that role again, he'll be a good PPR play because last week I believe he had 11 catches for 50 yards or something, which is crazy. But if that's the role they're going to put him in, then it's going to be uh, good because he's just going to see screens and short passes. And they, he could take one to the house maybe or take one for a longer play after the catch. But he has a good PPR floor. And then Gesicki saw a bunch of targets in that game too. So I would be comfortable starting Gesicki just because – not only is tight end such a wasteland, but Gesicki has seen good target shares from Jacoby Brissett in both these games. Will Fuller on the injury report. Who would have thought? I hate to see, see that one coming. Yep. So the next game is a game that I'm definitely excited to watch. Two teams that yep. are playing well. Uh, two teams with unsexy quarterbacks that are just getting it done. Uh, you got Cleveland against Minnesota. Baker Mayfield against Kirk Cousins. Cleveland with the eighth highest implied point total. Minnesota with the 13th. So we should see some points scored in this game as well. You're firing up a Nick Chubb. You're firing up Kareem Hunt. Um, Odell Beckham. I don't know what you thought of Kosh, but I thought he looked pretty good last week back in that yeah, first game. He looked back. amazing. Yeah, I thought he looked pretty good. Um, and then on the Vikings side, you know, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. If Dalvin Cook's back, you're starting him. If he's not, you're starting Madison. And then again, I mean, Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield. I think I'm going to start both of those guys in this game, um, yep. especially with the point totals that we're seeing. So what are your thoughts on this one? Definitely. For two run-heavy teams, there's definitely a higher implied point total with Cleveland at 8 and Minnesota at 13. These are both really good, efficient, fast offenses. So... For OBJ, in his debut, to have a 31% target share and a good chunk of the air yards, it's really encouraging to see. And he's really the only guy there now in the receiving game. And then Hunt may have some week-to-week variants where some games he's complete dud, some games he goes off. That really boosts his final total, but it's hard to start him week-to-week. But he looks to be a good contributor in the receiving game with Landry out and with Cooper not really doing much, even though they paid him all that money a couple years ago. And then Baker, he's he's a desperate start for me because he isn't scoring touchdowns, but he is playing really, really well in reality. And the fantasy play will eventually catch up to the real-life play. And so I can see him a couple touchdowns in this game and then real, just be a good QB stream. Yep, I'm with you there. So the next game, pretty gross. The grossest game on the slate, I think. Yeah, yeah. And we, we, we can talk about this one in multiple ways. So Akash and I are both Falcons fans, so we don't like the Saints in general. Mm-hmm. And they're playing against a team that lost to the Falcons this past week. That's right. right. The Falcons put a win on the board against the New Somehow, York Giants. Somehow, got it done. <laughs> and they're, they're visiting New Orleans, uh, who has the 12th highest implied point total this week. And the Giants only have the 31st. So uh, this yeah. game looks to be one-sided in New Orleans' direction. But for me, Akash, there's only two players in this game that I feel good about playing, and that's Saquon yeah, Barkley and Alvin Kamara. Outside yep. of that, I want nothing to do with it. I put Kenny Galladay as a, as a desperate start or a flex play, but I'm really, really not enthused by him. He was out-targeted by Colin Johnson last week, and he's not doing what they paid him to do, not being an alpha receiver. He's never been an alpha receiver throughout his career, except in size. In target share, he's never been there. And then Evan Ingram tight end being such a wasteland he saw a 20 percent target share last week and so it's just the guy that like you start him because he'll see like six seven targets and then maybe he turns it into a game where he has five catches for 50 yards and that's 10 points and you're like okay that's fine but definitely bench daniel jones bench Kadarius tony even if he gets on the field with uh why are we talking about Kadarius tony how is he even on the radar Shepard and Slayton are both hurt, so if they miss it, he probably gets on the field, but I don't expect him to do much with it. And then this entire passing game for the Saints is absolutely disgusting. They're passing like 20 times per game. That's not a joke. 
it's literally a 21 attempts per game right now. So you're bench benching Jameis, benching every single receiver. And we are, however, watching the Jameis post game interview, though. Those have been oh, yeah. great. His interviews are absolutely fantastic. <laughs> he never misses, unlike his throws where he's continuously missing. He's great, I man. I, I love when he great. got jacked up by the tackling dummy in the in the preseason. <laughs> that was beautiful. That was hilarious, definitely. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Moving on to now to the uh, Tennessee at New York Jets game. Tennessee with a high implied total at the 10th highest for the week. New York Jets, as they always are, near the very bottom of the implied total list with the 30th. You want to start Henry, obviously. And on the Jets, you really just want to start Corey Davis. He'll hopefully see an alpha target share and produce from there. But Zach Wilson's not playing well in reality or fantasy. Definitely a bench. And then this disgusting split with the running backs is not yielding itself to any fantasy points whatsoever. You want to bench both Carter and Ty Johnson. Even with Tevin Coleman out, they're still not doing anything. Corey Davis revenge game coming up here? Potentially. You know I yeah. love narratives. You know, that's a, I, I always lean into narratives and disregard stats, but, you know, that's just me. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, I don't see the Jets lighting up the scoreboard for that to happen, but, no. man, this one feels like a massive Derrick Henry game to me. <laughs> yeah. Every, of course, you know, if it feels like a massive Derrick Henry game, he's going to have 20 carries for 97 yards and no touchdowns, but he's turning into more of a PPR I think he's already caught more passes than he did last year. Well, you <laughs> let, you way, really least. hope so because it was a zero before, and now if he can turn into something instead of nothing, it's uh, only helping his floor pretty much. And Got to move on to the Kansas City at Philadelphia game. Kansas City, obviously, as they always are with second highest implied total, start the studs. And then over on the Philadelphia side, you really just want to start Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders. Hurts is not playing well in reality ever since he got the cake matchup of the Falcons in week one he played well but he has not played well since then but like someone uh, I saw this on Twitter by hook or by crook he gets it done for fantasy the rushing floor is there so he's a guy that you definitely don't want to bench and then Miles Sanders hopefully they get forced into some negative game scripts leads to more passing especially to the running backs and that's another reason why Kenny Gainwell is a desperate flex this week Devonta Smith more of a desperate flex this week his volume's gone down a bit and Jalen Hurts not getting the ball to him very well but he should still see a decent target share in what's an okay matchup yeah Smith is a guy I still feel, feel comfortable flexing I know the target shares dipped a little bit but it's just really because Hurts has been playing bad yeah. um Smith's a guy I've got faith in to roll him out in the flex at least yeah. don't buy into that McCole Hardman rushing touchdown that, that no, was don't, definitely don't buy into keep that. him on your bench where he belongs oh definitely the tight ends it's it's kind of a mess there. If you expected uh, Dallas Goddard to break out this year with Ertz being dust, it's probably not going to happen. Ertz even ran more routes the other night, 
And it's because Goddard's more of a blocker. So both these guys are desperate tight end plays. Really a higher profile version of what we were talking about in Dallas. You know, yeah, if just one of these guys could go somewhere else, we would love it. But with both of them there, it's it's not as exciting. Yeah, pretty but, much. But uh, let's go ahead and move on to this fantasy party in, in L.A. between uh, Arizona and, and the Rams. Yeah. So we got Kyler going against Stafford. You know, d- despite, you know, Hopkins not playing that great, he's not a guy we're ever going to bench. Yeah. You know, Cooper Cup, wide receiver one for the year so far, mm-hmm. we're absolutely firing him up. Whoever's yep. starting for the Rams, I mean, you've got to play him at this point. You know, Henderson was playing really well when he was the guy. Sonny Michelle, I think they have 20 carries or so last week. Yeah, he saw you know, a so. lot of the opportunity, just couldn't get much done on the ground against the tough Tampa run defense. But against in a easier matchup with a higher implied total, he should be able to get more done. Whoever starts for the Rams running back, they're getting you all the opportunities. Fire him up. Yeah. Yeah. And he played. Sony wasn't getting anything when Sony played uh, as a starter. Jake Funk wasn't getting anything. So you're looking at a running back who probably is a solid running back two at worst, just on opportunities alone. And then you want to start Chase Edmonds probably because he's the receiving back. He's seeing a good uh, portion of the targets, and he's also seeing a good portion of the rushing opportunities. And you want to bench James Conner most likely, running into the tough Rams defensive line and Aaron Donald. He's a guy that's not making much of an impact in the receiving game. Fell into the end zone a couple of times last week, but apart from that, he'd really done nothing on the year. And then Christian Kirk's making a mark in the receiving game with how well this offense is playing. He is a decent flex play. And then on the other side, the second receiver in L.A., you still want to start Robert Woods. I know it's been relatively tough sledding compared to the fantasy party that has been Cooper Cup so far, but... He's still running routes. He didn't magically magically become a bad player overnight. He's still getting on the field, so he's a guy that you still want to start because he's still going to produce eventually. You just have to wait for it to come. Be patient. Tyler Higby, also more of a decent tight end stream or desperate play. Yeah, for sure. And Robert Woods, you know, I'm kind of going to the Allen Robinson route here. Like I've seen Robert yep. Woods be a good player for too long for me for me to exactly. think this is going to be the norm. So I'm still firing up Robert Woods. You know, if you drafted Robert Woods, you probably took him, you know, right there, what, fourth, fifth round, somewhere in there. You don't want to bench a guy like that. And this is a guy, like I said, this isn't a, a rookie we were excited about. This is a guy with a proven career that, mm-hmm. that has, has, you know, a great track record of being a top performer for us. So I'm still going to roll out Woods. Um, let's go over to the uh, uh, NFC West matchup here between Seattle and San Fran. So Seattle with the 16th highest implied point total, San Fran with the seventh. You know, you're obviously starting Russ, DK, Lockett, and Carson. George Kittle's the only guy on San Fran that I want to start right now, though. Um, you know, Ayuk and Debo. You know, Ayuk was in the doghouse. Looks like he's gradually getting out of there. Debo had that monster start to the year. But kind of as Ayuk's trending back in, Debo's performance is going down a little bit. That's that's kind of tough for me there. The running back situation, I want nothing to do with. Like, it, it seems like Elijah Mitchell's the, the, the favorite there. Trey Sermon didn't really run away with his opportunity, but I, I really want nothing to do with anybody except for Kittle on San Fran unless I'm absolutely desperate. I got I guess I got a take on that. So I didn't like Sermon's profile coming into the coming into the draft or even after the draft when he was drafted in the third round. And so I was really off of him entering the year. And then he gets benched for Elijah Mitchell and Mitchell dominates the opportunities in week one and two before getting hurt, which tells me he's the guy. Sermon didn't play well at all in week three didn't do anything to take the job back so when Elijah Mitchell's healthy I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that it's his backfield and so if he's healthy I'm pretty uh, I think he had a limited practice this week with his shoulder injury but I understand if you have some hesitancy with the 
Kyle Shanahan shenanigans. And then Kittle showed up on the injury report this week. And if he sits, Ayuk and Debo both be turned from flex plays to guys that you should start because the offense just gets that much more condensed. We know they're both good players. There's just not a lot of the pie to go around, relatively speaking, in terms of target share. So if Kittle sits, both Ayuk and Debo become good starts. But they're more flex plays while Kittle is playing because he is the alpha there. For sure. So let's go go over to Baltimore and Denver. So 24th and 22nd as far as implied point total. So this should be a really tightly contested game. Um, Lower scoring according to Vegas. Um, Lamar, you're obviously never sitting Lamar. Uh, I think Mark Andrews and Cortland Sutton are obvious starts this week as well. Hollywood Brown had that tremendous start to the season. But man, those drops last week, I I think had all of us cringing a little bit. They were terribly timed. He catches those. We're looking at a really big uh, boom performance, a guy who, like, would easily slide into the start column. But yeah, I understand getting a little hesitancy, and uh, along with Rashad Bateman coming back. I wouldn't start Bateman uh, immediately on, on return because you have to see him first. You have to see him uh, be good before you start him, obviously. But Hollywood's still a decent wide receiver three, especially if uh, Lamar keeps trucking it down the field. I believe he's top five in – air yards per attempt right now, which definitely helps Hollywood have some valuable targets that lead to big plays. And then over for the flex plays in Denver, these running backs, they're really in a 50-50 split between Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. Over the course of the year, I expect Javante Williams to take the job, but for right now, both of them are probably flex plays that you just hope one of them falls into the end zone or one of them can have a break along play. Teddy Bridgewater playing really well in reality. He's first in completion percentage over expected right now. His matchup's solid. And so if you're looking for a good QB stream, I've seen worse for him because he is playing really well. Even though they did lose KJ Hamler, I don't expect Tim Patrick to step into a startable role for fantasy. I forgot Noah Fant. If you have Noah Fant, you probably should start him because he'll be, he's not moving up into the elite group for fantasy as of right now, but he's still a good mid tight end one. Yeah, he's not benchable. Um, I mean, he, he's one, the back end of tight ends is gross, but you don't have any better options. You're, you're starting fan pretty much every week. Yep. But let's go over to Green Bay, where Vegas thinks Green Bay is going to blow out the Steelers. Um, Green Bay has the 11th highest implied point total, the Pittsburgh having the 28th. Um, you're obviously going to fire up Najee Harris because that volume. And, and Green Bay, Akash, is one of those teams where you're going to start the same three guys every week. There's, there's not a fourth guy you're considering ever. So Rodgers, Adams, Jones, we don't even need to discuss those guys for Green Bay. They're starting. What do you think about this Pittsburgh wide receiver group? Deontay Johnson, if he plays, he's the guy that you absolutely must start. And Juju seemed to be getting a good amount of targets before he got hurt in Deontay's absence. So if Deontay doesn't play, I'd be good starting Juju. But if Deontay does play and Juju also plays, I would consider Juju more of a flex play. And then obviously you're starting Najee Harris, who's seeing all of the running back opportunities and converting them into PPR goodness. Bench Ben Roethlisberger, who's playing horribly. And Robert Tunyon. He was good last year, but he's not doing well this year at all. He has eight targets through three games, which is terrible for fantasy. So really a guy I'm looking to bench because you're just relying on the touchdowns with him. Yep, so let's hop into these primetime games. So Sunday night, uh, we got Tom Brady going back to New England. Uh, Tampa with the fourth highest implied point total. New England's 25th, so it should be a landslide win for the Bucks. We, we know who we're starting for Tampa Bay, Akash, except yep. maybe the running backs, so I'll let you touch on those there. We're firing up Brady and all the pass catchers, though. So yep. so let me hear from you. What are we doing with the Tampa running back situation, and what are we doing with just the, the you know New England guys that, you know, why are we even talking about them? Who are we starting there, if, if right. ever? 
for the running backs in Tampa Bay, Leonard Fournette is the main running back and the main receiving back. He should do well in this week where they're expected to win. I don't expect him to be trailing. And we haven't seen much of Rojo all year, unfortunately. So he's a guy that you should also bench. Over on the New England side, Jacoby Myers is their wide receiver one. He, I believe he has almost 30 targets on the year, which is absolutely terrific. And then Jonu and Hunter Henry, if they're your desperate tight end starts, go ahead and fire them up and just hope they fall into the end zone or have four catches for 40 yards. And then Mac Jones against this really good Tampa defense, not someone I'm looking to start. Yeah, I'm not I'm not looking to start anyone on, on New England ever. So let's finish up with this Monday night football game. Um, we got Las Vegas with the 16th highest implied fourth, uh, point total um, against the Chargers with the fourth highest. The Chargers are, are obviously the team we're excited about here. We're going to fire up Justin Herbert, both of his wide receivers, Keenan Allen, and then Mike Williams having the monster year he's having. Austin Eckler, uh, the fantasy football darling that, that loves it as much as we do, we're firing him up. Yep. Um, outside of that, there's no one on 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 the Chargers that I want to fire up. Vegas, it's, it's Darren Waller for me, and then yep. I, I'm not really interested. I, I don't know which receiver – is the one to play. Um, Eileen Ruggs of the three, but I don't want to play any of them. And then yeah. what's going on at running back here, Akash? Is Peyton Barber going to get 20 um, carries every week? What's, what's going on here? Has John Gruden lost his mind? He probably has, uh, but that's came way before he decided to play Peyton Barber this much. But if Jacobs, I've heard that he is a 50-50 shot to play, and if he plays, you'll probably start him. And if not, Barber could be a desperate RB2 with the use he saw last week, but he has a very, very low floor just because he's not locked into the starting job at all because they still obviously have Kenyon Drake. And in week two, when Jacobs was out, we saw Barber have the majority of running back opportunity, uh, the running back rush attempts because he had 13 to Drake's, I believe, seven or eight. So he out touched Drake on the ground, but he converted his 13 rush attempts into around 32 yards and had 3.2 fantasy points. So there's absolutely no floor there. And Drake's obviously still the receiving back there. So he has a better floor. So if he can have more of the rushing opportunities, then he's the guy that would uh, probably be better in fantasy. So it's really an ugly backfield if Jacob sits. And I would desperately start one of them if I had them and had no other options. But they're guys that have low floors. So you're not buying into this Derek Carr start. We don't need to fire up Carr as an MVP MVP candidate again, like back yeah, in the day. He's a desperate Carr. <laughs> I mean, he, the matchup's fine, and Carr's fantasy performances have been artificially bolstered by going into overtime multiple times in this very short season already. And so that's helped his pass volume a lot, which has helped him get to where he is right now in fantasy. He's really more of a low QB1 or high QB2. I don't hate him as a stream. But not a guy that he's an absolute must-start. I'm with you. I'm not buying into it either. But, again, if you need him, you know, not the worst guy you can throw in there. But, yeah. guys, I think that'll do us for our, our week four start sits this week. Um, don't forget to like and subscribe to the YouTube page. That'll help us grow. Um, yeah. And we look forward to talking to you guys next week. That's all we got. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.